0: Welcome to the Listener Don't Podcast, a podcast featuring raw, uncut, and unfiltered conversations between two midlife girlfriends sharing their life experiences. Listener don't. Either way, we'll be fine. Before we get into our part three of the previous conversations, I want to say... To your point, too, Jenny, like I feel like growing up, there wasn't a lot of women that weren't having children. And I believe that, yes, this next generation of women, I don't think they're going to be having as kids. The expectation of having children, I don't think as prevalent as it was when we were growing up. And I don't necessarily know that there are enough role models Telling people what it can be like without kids, because we mm. only knew what it was supposed to be like to have kids. Like mm-hmm. that's what you were just supposed to do. That's yeah. the tradition. I don't think that's the case anymore. So I think Alba had made some comment about like how all of her friends are talking about having kids and how it's so important and blah 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 blah. And it's just like, well, no one's having the conversation about why it's okay to not have kids. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let me let me rephrase. And maybe. for me,
0: I'm I'm thinking like women of a certain age. I'm just saying like we're of like a certain lifestyle and a certain age where we've now gone through our 20s and our 30s and have landed in this experience of this age.
1: I like the certain lifestyle part and maybe just a up because we did start this in the middle of a conversation and I'm not sure how you wanna you wanna kick that off because this may either. be a podcast so we'll it out. in itself. But yeah, I like the certain lifestyle part because I do think or, you know, I can't agree that I didn't have a lot of role models of what it looked like to be what I would consider myself today. And that is a woman who has come into full acceptance, whether it was planned or not, that children will probably not be like my having biological kids is not going to be well that is not going to happen for a variety of reasons, both, you know, physically, right? that's just not going to happen for yeah. me. It a me young and by choice, like, you know, it was always something that was there as I don't know, like some imaginary clock that I was very much aware of. But the clock came more from outside of me, you know, as a lot of clocks do. It came more outside of me in the form of societal pressures or family pressures or looking around and seeing it's happening for everyone. And therefore. Or I should be wanting this or it should happen for me less than, or there was more of that rather than the internal, I really want this like that. It was always like, well, I guess I'll wait and find out if I really do want it. Um, or, you know, there, I have time, you know, was sort of like yeah. the the context that I was in. So I think the lifestyle part is, yes, agreed. Not a whole lot of women growing up that looked like I me, mean, didn't have any family members even that lived the kind of lifestyle that I have today by choice. And I think it's the certain age part that to me, it feels like that choice is, it is regardless of age. Like it, it's regardless of right. age are a lot of women like um Alba that you mentioned who, you know, it's like, no, I don't want it. I, I don't mm-hmm. want it. you know, and she's much younger than than us. And I think, and I also think though, and maybe, you know, to your point earlier of, you know, are there people younger than us, than us that are looking for, you know, a podcast or, you know, some sort of dialogue or conversation around alternative lifestyles, whatever that may be. It just feels weird calling it alternative, number one, because it's just a, it's a spectrum of like what exists, right. Know? <laughs> right, but maybe alternative to societal norms for sure. Correct. I think that that's, that's a total, totally fair thing, but I do also look for Um, now I'd say I definitely look for the feedback in, yeah, the feedback from women, women specifically who are much older than me, um, or a little older than me because I find value in it now. Whereas when I was in my twenties and my thirties, you know, Jenny's point, you couldn't tell me shit. I knew what I, I knew who I was. I knew what I knew
2: everything.
1: you Everything. couldn't tell me shit definitely in my 20s for sure especially late 20s and even into my early to mid 30s and then it wasn't until like late 30s that it it's like what the fuck am I doing <laughs> why didn't somebody tell me <laughs> exactly why didn't anyone tell me exactly
2: <laughs> uh, this brings to mind this podcast uh Jul- julia julia louis dreyfus has yes Love you- it. Okay, so I've only listened to the one with Jane Fonda. Yeah, Have
0: that's you- her. O- that's her opener. Like that yeah. was her intro to the podcast world. It was spectacular.
2: Spectacular. Huh. Have you listened to it? Connor?
1: No, no, I haven't heard. Okay, it.
2: so it just makes me think of like what we're saying of like a, a woman from like an elder a wizened woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she is very, very just transparent about yes. I was not a good mother mm. I did not treat my children well mm. you know she talks about it's a very vulnerable and just like real you know uh, her being like kind of uh looking back on her life and and mm-hmm. and seeing it and the you know the the choices she made as far as partners went and why mm-hmm. she hasn't partnered since mm-hmm. and even the dynamics of women within hollywood like mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating varied and yes it's I want to listen to it again now that I'm like talking about it. Yeah. yeah so
0: the podcast is Wiser Than Me with yes. Julia Louise Dreyfus And agreed, like I when I listened to that. So Jane Fonda is 85. And the reason that she is not with another a partner is because she can't bear the thought of someone seeing her naked.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Like she, her insecurities as a person has carried on all the way to this day. And she has said, though, her biggest regret, it wasn't that she was a good mother. It's her plastic surgery. Yes. Yes. But yes. She regretted all of her plastic surgery. Yep. I know. Wow, It was great. But then she's also said that, okay, being 85, she still works out. She's yeah. just like, I still do my same Jane Fonda routine. Sure, I'm not lifting heavy weights, but I'm still doing the same shit because I want to have, I want to be able to play with my, in lift and play with my three-year-old Grandson. So she still is very much like a, a family person, but I thought it was exceptional. It was such a good podcast. Yeah. And also, it,
2: the podcast has its own like little like technical difficulties because there's a, a power outage or something uh-huh. that occurs. And it's just an interesting, I think, episode for many a reason. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, you know, sh- that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, women who. Uh, lived many a different life Mm -hmm. um, and are at a certain point in their life to be able to look back and say this is how I feel about my life not necessarily like how you should live your life or Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever but like you know, I'm at a certain point in the trajectory of a lifespan
1: mm-hmm. and I only
2: have X amount of undetermined time left. Mm-hmm. And this is how I feel about the different choices that I made
1: mm-hmm. along
2: that path, you know? Yes. And I, I, I like think that. I actually saw a Martha Stewart clip earlier today as well. Martha Stewart's kind of like a, a baller, I would say. She's uh, fascinating.
0: Was- <laughs> She's extremely fascinating.
1: <laughs>
2: Love her. Right? It was from the Drew Barrymore show, and Drew Barrymore is like asking her a question about, like, you know, how do you meet men or something like that, and and Martha's like, you know, I meet them. I met somebody last week that knocked my socks off, and you know, I went to a dinner party, and you know, just to hear an eighty-two-year-old woman
1: like I'm out here in these streets, that right, join life.
0: Martha Stewart is out in these streets, like (laughs) I mean. I'm assuming she's got to be like somewhat cool. I mean, Snoop Dogg, like she's hanging (laughs) with Snoop Dogg. Could you imagine rolling into a Snoop Dogg party and fucking Martha Stewart's in your kitchen, like making shit? (laughs) <laughs> whatever reason I can. And, and, exactly. I don't, and maybe,
1: it's, maybe it's because, you know, we see it. So it's real. It's in front of us. Sure. But for whatever reason I can, because she always has come off as confident. Yes. Um, You know, I'm thinking of even in her, you know, I was obsessed with the Martha Stewart show when it was on on a regular basis, as well as obsessed with the wedding edition of her magazine. No, I didn't want to fucking get married, but I love looking through. <laughs>
2: that is the weirdest confession of this
1: podcast so oh far. Oh my God. Exactly. I loved it so much. It like there were you have two a subscription? like two volumes. It was the Martha Stewart wedding edition in September edition Vogue for years um, of oh, I, feel like I It, was the, design. it I was the just- it, 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 well <laughs> yeah is <laughs> this, this where the design you got an element the design oh, element sure. in all of the pictures of the wedding edition the dresses were gorgeous but I never saw myself getting married I was just enamored with how beautiful the event like you can make that kind of event and what I didn't associate it with commitment <laughs> I didn't sure. associate any of that with that I associated it with like I don't know, uh, pictures of, I maybe it's the, you know, it's the photography, it's the content, it's the design, like that. I love that. And it's maybe, you know, in a lot of ways, similar to me in like the a Vogue September issue, I was obsessed with the editorials and the content mm-hmm. and the design and the color. And, oh, I, I loved it. But Martha seems very direct enough. And Snoop has always been who he is. I yeah. think it's the authenticity between them, the two of them that I, I'm like, absolutely. I'd love to walk into a dinner party and be sat between Martha and, and Snoop noob and just shoot the shit because I'm therefore going to yeah. be authentic. I would, I think I would be, but I'm definitely going to be with those two because they come off that way. They come off as really, really genuine.
2: Yeah, I like the juxtaposition as well of what she like represented in society at one point mm. before she did her time in mm-hmm. her little white collar crime era, oh, which right. was like, you know, she is oh, the epitome <laughs> of like wasps.
1: Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yes. you know,
2: like the proper, you're going to come over and we're going to have <laughs> You know, some clam chowder and I source the clams from the bay outside my house and my butler, you know. And then meanwhile she's like smoking a blunt with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, right. She she is like and I don't know if you've ever seen the clip of her with Rick Ross on her show when she's like throwing sexual innuendos at at him (laughs) and they're like making they're making something and she says he's he's talking about his like yacht and she's like Oh, Rick! Like I'd love to see your yacht next to my yacht, or something oh, like my. that. And they're like, "Yeah," and and you're like, Martha, Martha, "Just Martha." Are you? Are you flirting? <laughs> she, and a hundred percent is like. And it's just, like, I think that she is so interesting in that, you know, that whole, like, her, she is just a, such an interesting character yeah. within our mm-hmm. culture and society. Yes. And the fact that she kind of, like, exists in this, she can do both. Like, yes. I don't know, she likes, she's drinking scissor with, like, Lil Wayne, <laughs> but then she's also, <laughs> like, in the Hamptons, right? you know,
1: right? Hosting,
2: like George W. Bush's, like, you know, whatever. Right,
1: right, 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 right. It's she's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's she's, she's an interesting woman. And maybe that's what maybe that, yeah, interesting, complex, it it, she's breaking the stereotype of what it means to be, you know, an older white woman who has lived many lives. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, she definitely had children, I believe she was married at one point, but entrepreneur, businesswoman driven, you know, a a woman, it seems of like many activities and many interests that is fascinating to me. And I think looking back now that we're, I don't know, you know, sort of coming around the the circle here, looking back, those were the kinds of women that interested me, even if they Mm -hmm. weren't in my life directly. Like I was always interested in women who had this sense of independence. And also I, I, you know, I never found like women who came off to me as independent as being a bitch you know what right. I mean? Like, however, right. society is, is sort of like deems women who are, you know, me coloring outside the lines of what the norms are. It was never that. It was always just like, fuck, yeah. Like, I'm mm-hmm. inspired by that. Mm-hmm. I'm inspired by that. And still am. Agreed. So what's the name of the podcast going to be?
0: <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got to I got to surrender to it a bit and just let it kind of come to me. I feel like I'm forcing some mm, shit. Yeah. Yeah yeah. So
2: yeah. um I don't know if you guys have ever read Shoe Dog. No.
0: No. Uh oh. I I'm, I'm also loving this pillow that we've got here that says looking sharp and I I just all I put it all together now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jenny Sharp. Yeah. That's my name. Yeah. Uh, so oh. this is this is Ooh. a great book. This is one of my no favorite night. books. It's about the creation of Nike, how Nike came to be and the struggle and like everything. But in here he talks about how the name Nike and the swoosh, the the trademark actually came to be and how it wasn't even like it was such a it was such an unimportant part of the formation of the company and all that. Mm -hmm. Mm Sure and Which is wild because obviously now it's like one of the most recognized trademarks in the entire world, right? Right. But it always stuck with me and I don't remember the exact story, but it always stuck with me when it came down to like, even, you know, when I was trying to like incorporate my LLC in California and like, Mm -hmm. I was so hung up on like, just naming it the right thing and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and at the end of the day, it's often just something that just falls in your lap, you know, yeah, that yeah. like in the moment you're like, yeah, Nike. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then yeah. like 50 years later, you're like, shit, we really, we knocked that one out of the yeah. ballpark. You know?
0: <laughs> oh, that works.
2: <laughs> yeah. It yeah. turns out.
1: Yeah, and but maybe yeah, that, that'll that happen too, Jill. Maybe that'll be the case where you look back and you're like, <laughs> no, that, that fits um, today. But me, and I think knowing you the way that I know you, you like the box to be built. Before you fill the box. Correct. I need to know what kind of
0: room I got. You need to know the (laughs) container.
1: (laughs) I do. (laughs) The size, the color, Mm -hmm. the shape, the look, Mm -hmm. the direction, all of that. Like that is, that is how you work. That is how your brain works. I've seen it. over and over again. Whereas I'm very much the opposite where Mm -hmm. I'm like, just get the shit and you'll figure it out later. Or to your point, it'll, it'll come to you. And if it doesn't, this is good enough. I'm very much of a, it's good enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I
0: can jostle between the two of just get the stuff and like allow it to come, but I'm definitely not. Your camp is uncomfortable for me.
1: And yours is uncomfortable for me.
0: (laughs) Yep.
2: (laughs) Which is why you guys are perfect for one another. I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday, how in every relationship there's like the person who loads the dishwasher very organized. And then there's the person that puts the bowls on the bottom.
1: Savage. (laughs) Savage, is that you, Kyra? Are you putting the bowls
2: on
1: the bottom? Everything in. It's getting clean. It's getting <laughs> clean. Everything oh. fucking in. I don't know. And, it's just, and Jill, you're the
2: organized.
1: Oh,
0: my <laughs> God. It's a Tetris game. Oh, totally. Yeah.
2: And you, totally. Was, you would Let's reorganize her, her dishwasher?
0: Oh, she not yes. hers. Not
1: hers. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, my yes. husband's, yes. Oh, but yeah. not hers. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, she I, she's organized my whole fucking kitchen now granted it, was by, it was by request it was by request I said it. <laughs> it was and in my pantry it was really like when I got in here and I, I can't remember where you know I can't remember what like Headspace, I was in. I'm sure it wasn't a good one because usually it's not a good one when I'm looking for help and I'm asking for help. But I remember coming to you and being like, you know, I don't know, this whole house at some point didn't feel like mine. It just felt like, you know, again, I'm putting stuff in, but like I can't see the vision. And I certainly didn't have capacity energetically or physically at that point to be able to do the change. And for Jill, it's like, oh, this is fun. You pull everything out. You look at what you need and you put everything back in in a way that makes it, it fits your lifestyle. Like it was fun for you and it Mm -hmm. has made a huge difference in making my space feel like my own, but yeah, no, I'll get the stuff. Like I'll get the stuff sometimes. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And I very much have to have things my own right away. Like, I yeah. need to have, like, I need to feel a sense of peace, calm, and ease when I get into a place. Mm-hmm. Like, when we moved into our house, we were unpacked and it looked like we had lived here for <laughs> 10 years in two days. Yep. Like, there's no boxes. Nope. Like, it's just. I need to feel comfortable in my space. It needs to be a home and it needs to flow properly. However, Jeff and I have rearranged our kitchen probably at least a dozen times uh, until we get to a point where it all makes sense for the both of us so Mm. that we can efficiently navigate our house and that it just moves and it makes sense to us. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, so when I came to your house, I'm like, well, does this... Like even flow for you. Like for me, it's all about the flow, and it's all about like everything
1: has a purpose
0: and an efficiency. It's not if it doesn't have a purpose, it's out, it's
1: gone. Yeah, you chuck it. You definitely chuck it. I'll hold on to it, thinking like at some point I'm going to use it. That has happened more often than not with clothing because shit comes back around. It does. Um, But with stuff, like um, I'm looking at, I'm looking at my kitchen right now, and I'm thinking of, I have probably like 18 different vases in this. one little cabinet that i probably should go through and, and toss but i'm convinced that at some point there's going to be the perfect bouquet that fits within that particular vase and i'm not going to have it i'm going to be pissed after buying yep. it again <laughs> what it you, is that's
2: how we end up hoarding <laughs> and, and i always
1: think i was gonna God. say
0: jenny what type of what type of person are you jenny
2: so uh, i'm i definitely have a little bit of a hoarding tendency um <laughs> I I think that I am both. Like I do like organization and mm-hmm. I do need things to fall into place, but I don't always have the direct vision for it. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the time for me, like I've had I've lived in this apartment for four and a half years mm-hmm. and it has been in probably six different iterations of like my bed used to be where I am now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I don't have any walls either. Mm-hmm. So it's sure. just a big 800 square foot like open space and so I think I'm like uh I need things to be organized but I also don't automatically see the vision and then yeah. it's like living it living it living it and then it's like okay now go mm-hmm. right yeah. mm-hmm. and then like this came to be and I was like oh god this is incredible you know Mm-hmm. But I do also have like probably ten bottles of condiments in my fridge that have like this much sauce <laughs> in them,
0: like one finger. And
2: it's I can't. Awful. I don't know. What if I like? I I can't just throw that away. No. Like, I have to.
0: Has it expired? It. It's probably expired.
2: No, probably.
0: <laughs> I I am not a condiment person. Like I have literally thrown. A brand new bottle of ketchup away because we just don't use it. And I, years ago, we had a friend come over and watch our dogs, and we didn't have ketchup because we don't use ketchup. And he's just like, "What kind of savage American does not have ketchup? Have ketchup in ketchup refrigerator? and
1: mustard? Those are givens. Of course, you would have those." <sighs> ketchup and mustard. I can't live without capers in my refrigerator. I can't live without olives. I oh. can't live without any sort of hot sauce, a buffalo sauce, um, preferably, but any, mm-hmm. any sort of hot sauce, a Dijon mul- mustard and a yellow mustard. I'm thinking of my fridge right now. Oh, and some sort of like preserves. Like I, I have, like you need sweet, spicy, salty condiments sure. to make things like, um, yeah. you're a yeah, cook. No.
0: You're, a, you're a cook. You're a chef. You are not a no. cook. You are a chef.
1: I can throw down, but (laughs) throw down.
0: I cannot throw down unless I have a recipe. So that's the only reason I buy capers. And it has been a hot second since I've bought capers.
1: Oh, love those bitches. Mm. Had them yesterday. Throw them on a bagel. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Cheese, bagel, little onion. I got some smoked salmon, some pastrami style smoked salmon from Trader Joe's. Best sandwich. So good. So good. Mm, All right, then.
0: All right, Jenny. Well, thanks for being on our podcast. We love having you.
1: Thank you. Love to be there. You're officially an honorary
0: member of this this podcast. Till next time, (laughs) friends. Thanks, friend, for tuning in to this episode of the Listener Don't Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And if so, please write us review and share us with your friends. This episode is sponsored by Jill Daler Coaching, here to guide you to discover and recover your authentic self. If you're ready to create and live a fuck yeah life, I'm here for it. Let's connect at JillDaler.com.